You're listening to the Heat Ratio Podcast, brought to you by the Heat Ratio Sports Network. This show brings the temperature of sports to a whole new level. Whether it's a local opinion or a national agenda, everything is fair game. Remember, everyone has an opinion, but only few can back it up. Now sit back, crank up the volume, and if you think you can handle it, get ready for the heat. Intro for the Heat Rage of the Night brought to you by my man at Nick P A Z Z. Nick Paz has his own band, makes all the music, all the beats. I wanted a little, a little pop, a little hip hop all together. And uh, look at John checking in on it. John checking in right away. He's learned, John's learned how to do some stuff over here. No, John's bit, already giving up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, welcome, everybody. Heat Ratio Podcast, episode 131. We got a big, big, big show planned. Last week, we went about an hour and 45 minutes. It was crazy. Uh, the, the ultimate stiff list was probably... I, I got texts all week, dude, about everybody was like, yo, that stiff list was the best. Dave, you missed that. We're going to have to do it again for you. Dave, <laughs> we welcome Dave back again. Tony Jiggs-Alcatillo, Mike Goose, John Coker, Coach Dave Dixon at Heat Ratio Sports. We're going to talk Phillies anniversaries tonight. We're going to talk about... Sixers roulette, something that I, I like to call, listen, you keep Ben, you keep Joe, and we're going to take one guy. You can take whatever guy you want in the NBA currently right now. Pretend money was no object and insert them into that big three. Who would you pick for that team? Uh, we're also going to talk about Eagles trivia. we got the Eagles trivia question. Again, uh, tonight that's going to be brought to you by Statement Games, uh, and we're going to talk about a little partnership of that, talking later for Thursday night football coming up. But right away, we have, boys, the, the Eagles – I mean, listen, I feel like we start to show off every single week because it's the same thing, uh, win or lose. Uh, before I get started, I will say one thing. Uh, shout out to, to Dak Prescott. Unbelievable. Say what you want. I hate the Cowboys, but I will never. I would never advocate for a serious injury like that. Um, and I will say one thing. Dave, you know this as a coach. Uh, Mike, your son's in college. John, your kids will be there. If they are athletes, that's why they hold out, people. That's why they hold out. I'll say it again, and I and I get it. I get why people say, listen, he had a chance to sign a contract. doesn't matter. I'm just not talking about Zach. All I'm saying is that's why they hold out. This man now has to worry about what's going to happen next, right? All playing on that franchise tag deal. So, uh, But Philadelphia Eagles, what do they do? Andre, what's up, buddy? Checking in, as always. The first man, uh, A-Bomb's going to do a little Sixer show with me in a couple weeks. Him, Al, hopefully Al checks in tonight as well. But, again, the Philadelphia, they're, they're so frustrating. Let me just, I, I'm not even going to talk long on this because I'm going to open it up to everybody. Uh, but I don't even know who it is right now. That's my biggest thing. I keep asking, who is it? Who's the guy? Who's the first guy? I don't even know who it is. I, that's the thing. Do I get mad at Jim Schwartz? Do I get mad at Howie Roseman? Do I get hit? Do I get mad at Doug Peterson? Do I get mad at Carson Wentz? Like, who do I get mad at? Right? I have no idea who to get mad at. All I know is I am watching teams week in and week out that are far inferior to us playing so much better. I'm watching draft picks. Again, they stack up the result. I got to sit and watch that stiff Sidney Jones tweet out about how good he's playing in Jacksonville. Right? I'm going to watch Rasul Douglas balling out for Carolina, talking about one of the best cover corners they've had in the last three years. You're kidding me, taking a spot of James Bradbury. So I, 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 it's killing me. It is absolutely killing me. Dave, you had a week off, so I'm going to go right to you. So I, I know you got a lot of energy, and I know you want to kill your boy Schwartz when the cover two scheme with Nate Gary has no business out there covering. Dave, give me your Eagles thoughts. Well, how, how can we blame Nate Geary? 
right? I mean, in my opinion, that's that's the coach's job is to put players in positions to be successful. And Jim Schwartz has proven time and time again he is just not capable of doing that at an NFL level, in my opinion. Uh, and, and Tony and John have been long me with the longest. Um, Mike, you'll you'll hear me say I cannot stand. Jim Schwartz, I haven't liked him. Um, I'll go back to the Super Bowl game, and, and I know it sounds like a broken record, but guys, when players go to other programs and they see success, and, and you have to start questioning things on your own inside. Um, when you're playing seven yards off the ball and, and your D-backs are getting beat on slants and everything else, and one guy beat you for four touchdowns in a day, this isn't the first time this has happened to the Eagles defense. Right, they've had guys that have beat them for multiple uh, touchdowns in in a game, and we don't do anything to 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 counter it. I, I mean, listen, Schwartz Schwartz is a problem. He's been a problem. Right now, Tony, you just discussed who do you blame? My opinion, it has to go to the owner. The owner needs Ooh. to take a giant step forward and and make decisions here. And I said it before uh, a couple of shows ago that Jeffrey Lurie is now becoming the blame because Howie Roseman's an issue. We are set back three years now We we because of these draft picks and, and the inability to pick a future for us. We have missed on multiple receivers, whether it be through the draft or free agency. Um, uh, Jim Schwartz is a gigantic issue and has been an issue. All right. So, you know, I'm okay with Carson Wentz. I'm okay with Doug Peterson. Those three guys, starting with Jeffrey Lurie, need to be held accountable for what's going on with our franchise. And and there's nothing being said. I, I saw an article from Rube Frank saying that, uh, you know, hey, let's talk about what Howie Roseman's done well here. Yeah, I've okay. seen that. I, I, oh, I wanted to throw up. He picked up the kid. <laughs> you're, you're talking to me about a kid that, that the receiver that came out of um, – uh, where where's he from? Um Where's Fulcrum from, or what's his name? Uh, Travis Fulcrum. He's on the practice squad at Green Bay. Well, what college, though? What, what college was I, I think it was Old Dominion. I don't know. Maybe. Was he a walk on yeah. on Old yeah. Dominion or something? It was yeah. Old Dominion. Good Old pull. Dominion football powerhouse. And, and that, you know, we pick him up, and Rube Frank wants us to give credit to the staff and, 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 and Howie Roseman. I don't think so, Rube. I don't <laughs> think so, man. There's no credit going out. You're one, three, and one. And we're talking about practice squad receivers to give credit to Howie Roseman. And they want to take credit for Jordan Mailata. Listen, I'm a fan of Jordan Mailata. You got lucky. That was across your fingers, and the kid can play. He looks like he can play. If they bring back Jason Peters and remove Mailata from that starting spot at left tackle the whole year, uh, then then I will go eight whatever. Uh, and I won't say it out loud, but th that kid needs to stay there for the rest of the time. And as far as I'm concerned, Peters, take a hike. See you later. I'll um, give you that. I Listen, and I, I will 100% and I was a big Jason Peters advocate, and I got a lot of flack for it. I got killed for wanting Jason Peters back. I will say it again, and I, I will continue to say it. I wanted Jason Peters back to not only be a player, but as another coach. That was my point. And if you hear Jordan Maialata, he – puts a lot of praise into the teachings of Jason Peters. So he did exactly what I want him to do. But, Dave, I'm with you. I'm with you. Keep him on the sideline, man. Let this kid play because he's playing really well. Mike, what's your thoughts? 
Well, let's get one thing out of the way. Whoever I decide to go and rip on Facebook usually turns around and has like an unbelievable game. <laughs> so as soon as I put on Facebook, Carson Wentz is horrible. Benjamin, he just goes off and has probably the best game of the season. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to double down on what I said the last couple of weeks. The guys at Jekyll and Hyde, you just don't know what you're going to get. Last week was a momentum building game. I mean, um, you know, he, he had some stuff to build off of. And it, it looks like he's getting back to where he needs to be, which is a really good sign um, because I think we're all ready to sort of write him off. But now the focus really isn't even on Carson Wentz. I mean, he's not the problem. He's not the biggest problem. I mean, if you want to go back and you want to talk about three ex-Eagles making unbelievable plays from, you know, that that uh, that bum Aguilar, okay, because I don't care how many touchdowns he catches, he still stinks and he'll always stink, and he got every possible opportunity to excel with the Eagles, and he didn't. He's just a big, big, big fail. Outside of that one play that he made, I mean, that's it. So I don't even want to talk about him, but let's go and talk more about Let's talk more about what, what Dave said and, you know, the, the fundamental flaws apparently in Jim Schwartz's system, because if the, if Rasul Douglas, I mean, Tone, just think about what you just said. You know, if Rasul yep. Douglas comes to excel like this and could you imagine that Sidney Jones excels like this, then what does it say about Howie Roseman's drafting? Because if those two players really panned out and if they were playing just as half as good as apparently they're playing for other teams right now, then maybe the focus wouldn't be so much on Howie Roseman because those, those were hot. I mean, what are, they were both second and third round picks. So, you know, if those turned out to be starters and, you know, they did have every chance to be a starter here, it's just, they didn't, it just didn't look, it just, it just didn't work out. Now it looks like maybe, and again, obviously they're going to have to play pretty well the next couple of weeks, but now it really looks like, and I think this is something that we've always known. And certainly, certainly coach Dave has already known that Schwartz's scheme is complete crap. And, um, you know, maybe these really good players just uh, they just can't excel because maybe they're in the wrong system. Again, we're all guessing, but based on if these two guys continue to keep playing, it's sort of going to put the focus away from Howie Roseman and put it more towards Jim Schwartz. So I think the biggest problem right now is not the, the if the Eagles can can scrap because, you know, what Pittsburgh is a solid team and they threw up some points on them and, and they're scoring points and it looks like their offense is clicking. I think the biggest problem right now is the defense, you know, and the facts that they didn't address these gaping holes all over and just, you know, just teams are completely just doing whatever they want with them. So I, th I think that's the biggest problem right now. That's a great point. Great point about the Howie Roseman deal, because what if those guys do pan out? What if they pan out? What if they go on? And what does that say? Does that mean that the talent was always there? Does that mean that maybe they did draft the right guy, but unfortunately we don't have the coaching staff to put him in a proper position? And the one the one coach that probably is the best that we have in Jeff Stoutland, who is the offensive line coach, is making his money right now because these late-round picks will get the Jordan Maialata in a little bit, but these guys are playing very well. Even oh, guys really like well. even Driscoll's playing well. Really well. Right. So, I mean, that says a lot about coaching is huge. Uh, coaching is huge. I, I know a lot of people, Andrew's checking in, uh, another depressing Sunday, how he needs to get Le'Veon Bell. Uh, DJ Chunko, what's up, DJ? Talking about Le'Veon Bell. We're going to get to that Le'Veon Bell question in a second. But, John, you're, 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 the, you're the, next, the, 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 the next mix of the trifecta here, okay? What are your thoughts on this Philadelphia Eagles team right now? Well, Wentz, I hope it was a uh, Turner – or. Yeah, a Turner, a corner that he turned 
Hmm. Not this week against the Steelers, but even le- the, the week prior. Um, you know, he he played much better. He did not have a good game, but he had some good throws. The one thing he still – he's not stepping into his throws. Yeah. You watch it. That's the biggest problem for him right now. He's not stepping into the throws. Is this a la Carson Wet or yeah, Carson Wentz, Carson Palmer back when he had his knee injuries? Ooh, we always that. say that it takes a year for you to get back to have that comfortability in the pocket. All right. And there's been a lot of offensive line changes. We know that they don't have the receiver weapons. I mean, can it just take him a year and a half? to get back to that point, you know, he, he looks good. I don't know. I'm, I'm still, I'm still 50, 50 on him right now. Long-term. I like him. I don't know if it's just stepping up into the pocket. I don't know. Sometimes like he's just too indecisive, but I mean, but he's, uh, he's battled the past two weeks, something that, you know, I, I think he's battled well. Um, so, I mean, as for Carson Wentz, I mean, hopefully he can keep it up. I mean, Pittsburgh's a tough defense, period. Tough, very tough. And he played yeah. very scrappy. Exactly. You know, you and, and, and truthfully, one of the most impressive stats is probably the four carries for 11 yards. That means that he didn't just try to check down and say, oh, there's nothing open. Let me try to run, which is what he does. And that'll get you by some mediocre teams, but it's not going to win you ball games against good teams. No, so, and it's even a better point. And, and great points, but you know what? Just to touch more on on uh, on on that point, um, John is the, the receivers weren't getting any separation. He didn't really have. A, if you watch the film, there was a few, but he made it, this. The reason why they scored points was more on Wentz than it was on anybody else. He, he definitely came around, no question about it. Yep. And his happy feet can be attributed to the shakeup on the offensive line, like you mentioned. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're not comfortable because. You're looking at the guys in front of you, and you just met them for the first time. Something. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly. They just picked so, the other guy up at a Home Depot last week. Exactly. That's yep. what they're dealing with. Well, and, and you know, just uh, yeah. no, I just wanted to real quick touch on other points. Jason Peters, look, call it what it is. You're in the middle of an NFL season in a crazy year. I'm keeping Jason Peters. Look, where I put him is irrelevant. At this stage of the game, you're signed, you're on the roster, and you are going to have attrition at every position. You, Jason Peters, look, you're here. Uh, that, that's it. I'm keeping my offensive lineman. You can't give up on a guy. You can't say, oh, forget about Jason. It has nothing to do with he's, he. is he the left tackle? Does he start? Does he start on the side? It doesn't matter. You need that body. You know. I understand uh, that point. My point is that he can never start again for us. You can't start him. If Jordan Mylott is healthy, if Herbrig is healthy, you have to play the kids to see if they can play. Well, he, can, he can only play if there's injuries. That's it. Uh, well, uh, possibly. There's five offensive linemen positions, and you have to evaluate Jason Peters versus each of them. Look, think about seniority or, you know, you've been you've been at your job, you've been at your company for a while or whatever the situation is. And then you got some rookie that just came in and, you know, you were there, you were there through a Super Bowl, you're there for 10 years. And, you know, it's a pride thing, too. And we don't know what they're doing in the locker room. We don't know if Doug Peterson is leaning more towards, you know, let's let's follow Peters because he's a veteran and the veterans lead the way. I mean, you know, it's so hard to say what goes on. So, you know, when when you talk about what should be done, absolutely. I mean, 
Dave said it. I mean, you, you the, Jason Peters should not be starting. You know, he's clearly hurting the team more than he's helping. Sorry. He may be helping on the intangibles when he's, you know, coaching Jordan and some of these other young players. Um, he yeah. definitely needs to be a part of what's what's happening, but I, I would definitely agree that, you know, he he's causing more problems than he's solving being on the field. That's for sure. And I'm surprised yeah. we haven't seen the 50, you know, uh, yeah, false uh, false starts and those flags. I mean, he finally figured that out because that was all last year. Two false starts a game, and then he just gets a pass because he's Jason Peters. Why does everybody get a pass? And why well, does Jeffrey Lurie get a pass? They, they, nobody's ever talking about him. I don't think he gets a pass, though, because I think it's overrated. I think it's overanalyzed. I think the false starts are very overanalyzed, in my opinion. I, I, I think that if you look around, you know, we, we watch it because we're watched here. But if you go through the NFL, you mean to tell me that there aren't other left tackles or right tackles out there getting false starts out of their mind? I mean, listen, it's not like it's it's killing us, right? It happens. A veteran? A veteran? Veteran, yes. Andre Whitworth, man. Check him out. Okay. He he, he gets a lot of full stuff. When it, when, it, when it has happened for us, it just seems like it's a highlighted point of the game where, you know what, we don't expect like a veteran to make that move. Yeah, and I guess that's a good, good point. That causes us a problem. That, that seems to be one of the highlights on Jason Peters. L listen, I agree with John uh, and Mike, you well said that, he can be a part of the team. You just have to analyze and evaluate your younger players here. Is and let me ask you, all three of you, are the Eagles a Super Bowl team right now? No. <laughs> what? Right. No. Exactly right. So you cannot go forward not knowing what you have for the future, and that's how you do it. Your your older players now have to take a backseat, and you have to figure out what you have to go for. We need so to know. They should pack it in. We have to draft a left tackle or not. You need yeah. to know that. I, I, I think, and you know what, Dave, I think you're right. You need to know that. But look at that. I mean, look, look at this. And this, this is breakdown. This is from Baldy's breakdown. And you guys can, can look at this. I, you know, I muted this so we could talk over it. I mean, you just watch. This is a rather large human being. This is TJ Watt, one of the best defensive players in all of football. And he just, he's a road grader, man. I mean, look at look, look that was one arm. Like with both they go, just stay down, Mel. Just stay down, he said. Wow. I mean, it's huge. Wow. Right? I mean that we haven't seen listen, we haven't seen that. I'm gonna say a name. We haven't seen guard play or comes. offensive line play like that since John Runyon. Okay, we, 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 with with that kind of toughness, right? This this kid is huge. And and, and we've talked about this. You know, Jeff Stoutland is known for, for for transforming guys, whether it be from a, a guard position to a tackle position, whether it be, a, you know, a, again, undrafted rookie, seventh-round pick, and here he comes in, and, and this guy looks like he could start. I mean, what, we had a guy back in the day, if you guys will remember, in King Dunlap, right? Everybody was in love with King Dunlap, right? And if you remember, he, he didn't play too well here, but then he went to the San Diego Chargers, and he was their, their starting left tackle. For like five years, yep, I, I was playing at a really high level. So I mean, this is huge. I, I listen, Jordan Maialata, if, if and Dave props you because Dave, Dave, you have since last year, man, you were hyping this guy up. Uh, you know, you, you've seen it, you talked about it, and listen, he's getting a chance to play, and it, you know, it takes a while, right? This is a, this is a guy who's never played football before, right? And that's what's more amazing. 
when you have a guy who's never played football and you can teach him the cadence, you can teach him the hand movements, you can teach him hit the foot movements. I mean, everything that you're teaching, I mean, you're starting from scratch. I hate to say it's like, unfortunately, like a kid or a guy who got in a car accident and, you know, and, and eventually he's 40 years old and all of a sudden he has to learn how to tie his shoes again. He never, never looked at a playbook. He doesn't know never. anything and, and he turns him into this. I mean, I think you're just seeing the, the tip of the iceberg of what the possibility is for this kid. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, though, when you look at Howie, uh, Howie's track record of making late draft picks, late round draft picks and, you know, the value that he finds, um, you know, coming off the practice squad and these walk on players and. You know, there, how many stories do you have there, you know, of exactly. the things that, that work out well? So you exactly. almost, it's, it's funny that, that we're touching on this, and I know it always goes back to him. But I'll tell you why, man. Again, I'm going to go back to this, and I know this is a shot in the dark, but if you're starting to get some stellar play, specifically out of Rasul Douglas and out of Sidney Jones, then we're going to have to start asking a lot of questions about the scheme of Jim Schwartz. Not that we don't ask questions anyway, because <laughs> basically the you know the defense is Swiss cheese. It's garbage. It's terrible. The scheme is horrible. Nobody likes it. Nobody's ever liked it. Yet the guy is still there every year, year upon year upon year. So anyway, a little bit back back on the on the Jordan. Uh, I went a little bit off on a tangent, as you can see. I think I don't like Jim Schwartz as much as Dave doesn't. But um, <laughs> to, to go back to uh, to go to go back to the offensive line. I mean, this kid really looks like he's going to be able to turn into something. And you know what? Uh, oh, sorry, Dave. I, I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt you on that previous point, but I, I did ask a question. And I don't think you heard me. So when you say that we should just evaluate all these all these young offensive guys, see who do we have on the offensive line? Do you think that we should we should just pack it in for the season? We're going nowhere. No, I, I don't think you pack it in, but I think the young players they get first dibs on whether or not they're they're starting or not. They get more looks than anybody else. That's that's just my opinion. I, I they're not a Super Bowl contender, um, and and the young guys specifically up at the offensive line. Um, you need to find out whether or not we have to draft kids. You should be drafting them anyway, but you need to see if the guys we have can play. Um, and and that's how you do it. That's that's how we watched Andy Reid build a program here. He, he would draft two to three offensive linemen, it seemed like, every year. And then you find out if they can play or not by playing them. And then once you get a cohesive unit, that's your that's your group. That's, that's – you know, it, it, you're the old adage for football, right? Everything's one up front on the offensive and defensive line. And no that's doubt my point, Tony, let me read you something real quick about from uh, NBC sports on how good is Jeff Stoutland. Consider this. It says Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Evan Mathis, and Brandon Brooks played a combined 14 years before being coached by Jeff Stoutland and never made a pro bowl. They played a combined 20 seasons under Stoutland and have made 11 Pro Bowls. There you go. He He's amazing, man. Amazing. He's going to get poached sooner or later. Yeah, I, we already know that's coming. Uh, yeah, uh, well, yeah, hopefully we don't change him into a defensive coordinator like Juan Castillo. But oh, uh, let's, <laughs> let's, let's not go down that route. But listen, listen. We should do Andre, a stiff coach Andre, list. Andre checked in, and, he, and, and, he's, and, he, and he's giving me to the next segue here. Because I just want to ask, did Zach, did Zach Ertz quit playing football? Does he still play football for the Philadelphia Eagles? See, Andre, see what you did? You got them all upset now. I did because, and it, it, it listen, and it's right on. Listen, I had it. It's like, did, listen, did, did Zach Ertz quit? 
I'm curious. And, you know, for all the people that want to take Zach's back, you need to do me a favor and watch some game film, dude. You need to watch a game film. He is playing like a straight bitch. That's what he's playing like. And you know what? Maybe it's this contract situation. I don't know. I Maybe he doesn't feel – I don't know what it is. But guess what? If you want to be held to that stature of where you want to be paid, then you need to bring it, bro. You need to bring it better than this. Okay? Same goes for Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox has been on a milk carton for four weeks. He's talking about he wants to be like Aaron Donald. Well, guess what? You're not even in the league right now, Fletch. Not even in the league. You need oh, to but, but he's double teamed Instagram. all the time. That's what I What's always that? hear, Tony. He's always double teamed, Fletcher uh, Cox. You know, I like, hate that excuse. That. I can't stand that. Oh, and you think Aaron Donald's not double teamed? Aaron Donald's a, in, in Dominican Sioux when he was a beast in Detroit. Was he not double teamed? Nah, dude, he was just taking him on. Oh, he was I just know. taking him on. I, I was Stop. watching Aaron no Donald this weekend, and all I thought of was Coach Dave talking <laughs> about how Aaron Donald is the most dominant player in the game, at he, least he on might the be right. side. He might be right. How'd he do, John? Hey, he, he did spectacular. <laughs> I, I I think, and I remembered when when Coach Dave was saying that, I was like, I don't. I'll tell you what, man. He he is a freak of nature. He is Dave. Dave, yeah. you're, you're, I, I, Dave is going to start need to host his show because no, Dave is just one up at me on everything, no, I man. I love it. Job, I don't want to do it. <laughs> you're already conceded, huh? Already conceded. Look, look, Andrew. Andrew's so pissed off right now. He goes, "Yo, losing for Lawrence. I'm in." He already wants to start losing for Trevor Lawrence. So we, Andrew's uh, already talking about the future, man. Maybe, maybe the Eagles need a process. Yeah, we need a Wentz, process. Wentz hurts Lawrence. I mean, what are we? What's it, the Philadelphia, the Cleveland Browns now, dude? No, I agree. I agree. Andre says, "Can we talk about the elephant in the room?" Ertz Carson is not comfortable with the Ertz situation. He doesn't have confidence. He will be there for him in a game. Hence, a problem in the passing game. It's a good point. I mean, it, you know, they're definitely boys. When we were able to run two tight end offenses, we were having some success. Excuse me, some success. We don't have Peters or Ertz playing at a Pro Bowl level. Maybe uh, there's some jealousy there because Carson got paid and his boy Ertz didn't. Again, let's let's try to look at maybe some of the scenarios that aren't maybe obvious on the surface and try to dig down and imagine what possibly could be happening. I know two weeks ago we talked about. Um, Carson and 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 uh, Ertz being you know really good friends out off the field and everything else. Um, it sure it sure looks like that he doesn't care and he's not getting any separation. It doesn't look like he's trying. He's not doing what he normally does. Um, you know, again, who knows? Maybe he's playing hurt. I mean, we we don't know. But whatever's going on, if this guy is trying to get a contract, um, there's 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 pretty much no discussion of whether or not he should be mentioned in the same breath. Is Kelsey and Kittle at this point, and that's the kind of money he wants. And uh, I wouldn't pay him. Listen, he gave up a deal, man. Zach Ertz gave up a deal before Andre Hooper got paid. Zach Ertz got offered an extension. He gave it up, right? He gave it up. So don't don't give me those little baby tears. Don't boo hoo now. You gave it up. So guess what? You need to keep playing then, right? John, John, you got a point. I know you do. Uh, Let's hear it. You don't agree. No, the only thing I don't agree about is when you're a professional athlete, you may not be happy. And, I mean, there are some of them that, like, take a sour puss face on the field. But I don't believe that Wentz or Ertz are those type of guys, you know? Like, I just think that, look, they're professional athletes, and they want to go out there, and they want to win. They won 
a Super Bowl. Whether Wentz actually participated is not the point, but they <laughs> won a Super Bowl. Okay, dude, Ertz is a player. Who who do you think defenses are covering? Like Ertz is not open, and I already told you. I mean, for the past, uh, not you, Mike. I because this is not on you, but for the past three weeks, like Wentz has been tentative, and like he and he was like pinpoint hitting Ertz down the seam. If right. Ertz loses half of a step and Wentz is like a half a second shy on pulling the trigger, that's all you need to make a beautiful thing go to a disaster. Yeah, and I true. really think it's both sides. I don't think it has anything to do with contracts or relationships, let alone like, okay, there was a Deshaun Jackson sighting at one point. There was a, a Alshon's coming back. But I mean, what they're working with now, now Wentz knows he does, and that's the problem. Wentz isn't even really taking his second and third looks. He's going to why did why did Fulgham get as many catches as he did? Because Ertz is the only weapon that any defense really cares about, and everybody else just kind of sits there and you know what I mean, accepts it. Yeah, that's a good point. So defenses so, are keying on Ertz. Ertz is uh, no can't doubt. get separation. And uh, Car and Fulgham got separation, and Carson found them. Right? I so, mean, I don't okay. even know, but it's it, I don't even know how much as Ful, Fulgham got separation. Like he may have got it once he made or a twice. Crazy catch. Yeah, yeah. But but it truthfully, and I had it in my notes. It's really no different than Chase Claypool. In reality, it's the fourth receiver. Yeah, you know, it's Fulgham. It's right. Chase Claypool. Like you have all these other guys on the Steelers offense that you have to worry about. Oh, he got you once. It doesn't matter. The game plans to get it to Juju or whoever else. Oh, they got you twice. Game plans to get you Juju. You know what I mean? And they do the run. And granted, the the one the one where he was mismatched with the uh linebacker. I mean, that's mm. I mean, that was just terrible. Call it defensive coordinator. I mean, we could sure. – that was just – but, I mean, that is one of those touchdowns, but it's it's the hot hand. How many times do we see it? We see it in NBA basketball. Who did the Sixers let, let crush them like um, in, in that last – I don't know, one of those games. It was like, dude, how do you not stop this dude? Like, I, I forget who – Tony, help me out. Who was it? With what? The Sixers, the Sixers got crushed by a dude. I forget what game it was. It was like this dude never put up more than like 30 oh, points in a game. And oh, dude wait, put up know, 60 Andre, points. Andre, I know, Andre, help us I, out. Come on, I need this because I'm not an NBA Andre, guy. You, I know Andre But you knows. know what I'm talking? Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Was it Dinwiddie? Or Brooklyn. Nah. Uh, oh, no, no, look, see, Andre's yeah. got it. TJ Warren. TJ Warren. Yeah, no, that's what Andrew, it was. Andrew, TJ I'm sorry. Warren. All right, Andrew, yes. spot on, buddy. I appreciate nice, it. Job. Nice, Andrew. Nice but, pull. But I mean, but it's kind of the same thing. The Steelers didn't react to Fulgham like they should have. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they probably didn't think this guy was going to do anything else. You know, Yo, I mean, did you think Claypool was going to do anything else? Do you think Claypool was going to do anything else in all reality? No. Well, I don't know. After the second one, I didn't know what to think anymore. I was just screaming F Jim Schwartz all over my house at the top of my lungs. I didn't even know what the guy's name was. <laughs> no, look, I, He was I, a nobody I, I, until this week. And the Eagles I, I, are great at making nobodies look like pro bowlers. 
Yes. I didn't really go off on that tangent. How many times have we seen some bum beat the Eagles? I'm not saying he's a bum, John. I know you love the the Steelers. He's, he seems like a, oh, a, a good, Blade solid Wolf. player. Yeah, yeah. But oh, dude, I am no. I don't know I, anything about the no guy. Offense. I will tell you, if anyone in their right mind that thinks Chase Claypool is going to end up with 14 touchdowns this year are crazy. Why how, not? Many fan, how many fantasy owners grab this guy? Why Everybody. Yeah, you, you, know might, you never know. No, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take a flyer on it. Dude, let me tell you something. Let me tell you. John, you I'm just I'm not talking long term. I'm talking this year. I'm not I talking get it. long term. I get I guess. it. The pedigree of what they drafted, but I will say that was one of my points. Like when we opened the show about you know the receivers or whatever, you can't you can't get dirty on Rager and all of a sudden Chase Claypool has a four touchdown game and say that oh it was the wrong pick. No, it was not necessarily a wrong pick. We're four weeks in. Rager's no. banged up. Claypool had a game. Claypool will not have another four touchdown game in the rest of his career. Well, well, well one second, one second. I, I have to make a point on this. You keep you say that because you have tunnel vision. You don't realize what we realize, and your team has an unbelievable track record yes. of pulling these receivers out of nowhere. So the fact that he's on Pittsburgh tells me that the guy probably can play football, and this may not be an outlier. This could be more of a consistent. Maybe the guy just broke out. We don't know, but my bet would be on Pittsburgh. When was well, it? No, but, but what all I'm going to say is I'm not saying Chase Claypool cannot run into that number one receiver in a couple years. Right. I, I guess I was more on the fantasy realm, which I know this is not our fantasy show. Yes, <laughs> I like Chase Claypool, and if one of the receivers goes, he steps in and you don't miss a beat. But if you're looking sure at what, like is, what is he going to produce like in 2020 when you have Juju you have who's done nothing and don't sleep on him. You got Deontay Johnson. You still got James Washington there. You got Chase Claypool. That's four receivers already. We didn't even talk about Eric Ebron. It's unbelievable. The and, and, and then Vance McDonald. But I'm oh, just bro. saying, like Chase Claypool, it, it's like it's like the guy of the week. I mean, is Fulgham any different than Greg Ward two weeks ago? Well, well, you know what? Who knows? Because I got people telling me, why would I want AJ Green? We got Travis Fulgham. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I, I got, listen, I got to go watching AJ Green. I don't know that I want right. AJ Green either. Listening. And everybody that wanted to troll the Twitter account today, all 13 of you that wanted to throw out, I'm crazy, don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Listen, do me a favor, dude. Do me a favor and go back and look at the statistics. Now, all of a sudden, we don't want AJ Green for a six-round pick because we have Travis Fogelman. Are you kidding me? That's dude, what the city insert, does. They fall in love with the people. Eagles fan card and shred it the hell up right now. Stop. Stop. You have no idea what you're talking about. Zero. If you if somebody comes to you right now and says, give me a six-round pick for A.J. Green, you say, thank you. Here's your uniform. What do you have to lose? Right? What number do you want? <laughs> exactly. That's no. There's, that's a no-brainer. No brainer. So you were getting you were getting trolled on oh, people dude, saying, I "Oh, we have Fogel because of Shred because it. oh, because this guy's like the savior now, right?" Yeah. I just imagine when one person has a a great game, the city just anoints the guy. Oh my God, he's going to be the savior, right? Stop. Like that stiff Bobby Hoying that we talked yeah. about. Yeah. Remember, I, I we keep, couldn't wait for him to start. We couldn't yeah. wait for him to start. He was on the front page of the Daily News. Oh, the savior! You know, the next great hope. He yeah. stunk. Yeah, exactly. Okay, stunk. Exactly. 
And, and, and Fulgham is going to stink, oh. too. In two weeks, you won't hear this guy's name again. And don't get me wrong. If you're listening, Travis, I know you had a great game. I'm pulling for you. But you were cut from Detroit. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I mean, I, I just don't Stop. understand people's logic. They, they bitch and complain that we have no wide receivers. But then when you have a chance to get somebody, you're telling me, uh, I'm done with the old age, broken down receivers. Bro, he ain't broken down. He's not being used. There's a contract issue right now. He don't want to play right there, and they don't want him. Think about it. He is a He's walking ambulance, though. Out. He's a walking ambulance. Uh, the no. running joke with that guy is every every time you draft him on fantasy, he burns you, and he burns you bad. Okay, because you're like, oh, I got A.J. Green. I'm going to be great. And then what happened? He's always on the injury report. The soft tissue injuries, too. Walking yeah. ambulance. Just like Deshaun. It's the same thing, right? I, I, I don't I want to get it. But, but a six-round pick, yeah, sure. Uh, for why a six-rounder, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a, it's a low-risk, high-reward pick. It, it's yeah, a no-brainer. No and, and sure. John, like uh, to kind of piggyback on what Mike was saying about Claypool, I, I, I get what you're saying, but you have to look at it from our end, where, you know, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm already – I'm willing to say Jalen Rager was the wrong pick. I don't care if he's only played one game. Okay, because I'm looking at guys like Justin Jefferson, who should have been the pick. I'm looking at guys like C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb that I have to look at for the next 10 freaking years. Okay, the next 10 years because Howie didn't have a set of balls to move up in a draft and grab him. No, because we wanted to wait and get Jalen Hurts. That's what because we didn't want to give up that second round pick. Let me ask you guys something that's real fast. Dave, I'll get to you. You're next, I promise. But. I want to. I want to say say one thing. If I told you right now that you could get, you had to give up your second round pick, which is Jalen Hurts, in order to jump up past Dallas with Atlanta, in order to get C.D. Lamb, would you have done it, Mike? Would you have done it? Yes, I would have done it. But nah. you know what? Oh, but, no, but, I'm sorry, but, God. but but you can't. I would say yes. But then what happens if Carson Wentz gets hurt again because he gets hurt every year? Okay, God forbid. I hope he doesn't. But what happens if he does? What happens? That's why they took him, because the guy constantly gets hurt. He lowers his shoulder and runs into safeties and linebackers. He plays reckless. There's a, Now he has a head case of a meltdown. You know what? Like you said, Tone, and I thought about it, and I wasn't I wasn't really agreeing with you when you first said it, but then it resonated with me. Both of them conspired, Peterson and Howie, and they said we are gonna we need a backup in the case of this guy melts down because we need to save our job. So the, the thing is, we don't even know if Hertz is going to pan out, but it looks like it's it, they, they needed some kind of insurance policy. We had these problems with Carson. We'd have been able to solve a lot of other issues. But sorry, I agree. I yeah. do. I agree with that, John. What do you think, John? You're on mute again, buddy. You keep hitting mute. Uh, John, uh, John. I think John's got happy fingers over the, there. Yeah. The the <laughs> the Hertz pick. Look, you do that after a little bit, okay? You take the uh, um, what's his face Chase in Clay Pittsburgh, Poole. the um. No, the quarterback, uh, Mason, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. You take the Mason Rudolph when you have a 36. When wow. you have a 36-year-old quarterback, I'm saying they took him in the third okay. round like that flyer. No, I'm not drafting Jalen Hurts to back up my franchise quarterback. I will take a veteran if I need someone to step in. That's that's just me personally. I agree with John. Agreed. But why did he do it? You take Andy Dalton. But now no, no, – I don't think Doug Peterson – wanted that kid. I said it before. There's no way Doug Peterson wanted to give the franchise quarterback a backup, uh, a second round pick as a backup quarterback. I just don't uh, agree with it. 
So then Howie just makes the picks and he doesn't, he doesn't even tell the coach of what he's doing. It's just all, it's just how he's just making all the picks. Like the coach isn't even sitting in the war room when they're all thinking about who we're going to draft. So they're just Peterson's out ordering pizzas or whatever he's doing, how he's just doing whatever he wants. We can't believe that. I think it comes down to an, an agreement or a disagreement. Who's, who's got the final say? Does Doug have the final say or does Howie have the final say? At, at the end of the day, Doug Peterson is an offensive-minded coach. Doug Peterson is a decent play caller, okay? We, we, I think we can all agree on that. Knowing that, Used he's to be. also smart, right? And I think he was giddy, giddy. With the with with he was intrigued, he was so giddy over the fact that he could have Jalen Hurts on this team, and not to mention that not only is a trick play guy, but as a backup to a guy he's unsure of. Do we have to play the video again? Regress? Progress? His eyes lit up like a crystal ball. Man, he's not happy with Carson Wentz. Say whatever you want. He is not happy with Carson Wentz. Why would he? Why would he be? I agree. Which is why they made that pick. That's well, why they made that pick. Can, can I? Can I ask about about this first round? Just refresh my memory. So, I CD Lamb was drafted right before the Eagles picked, and they passed on Justin De- Jefferson, right? Yes, Justin Jefferson was there, right. and they passed on another and guy. That, who and I that, and that's you, by the way. Well, yeah, no, that yes, but Justin Jefferson was there. That yes. was kind of the slated pick for him, and they kind why, of made and a, why because well, he was the most polished receiver coming out of the draft. He was the guy who didn't need a playbook. He was the guy who instantly transforms your offense, which is why Minnesota trades Stephon Diggs to Buffalo. Because they knew damn well they were getting a kid who could step in right off the bat, and we got some slum, okay, who we got to hope is going to be the next guy, Tyreek Hill. Sorry, Jalen, just saying. How how can you possibly say that? What changed from – because you were happy when you got Rager. Well, maybe not you, Tony. Not me. But I will will tell you that I heard a lot of people talking about about the Rager – Talking about the Rager, everything going into the season, talking about the Rager. All right. Everything's like fine. He showed up. He had a good week. And I'll tell you what, he got hurt. Okay. Look, just like you get whatever you think preseason going into a year, if it's, if you're talking about injury and just kind of somewhat of a disaster on offense, you cannot blame that on the rookie coming in for four NFL weeks or what are we at? Five NFL weeks, which he didn't even play. No, that may, I understand that that is the Philly mentality, but I am telling you that it is not. It may be reality, but you have not seen enough of a track record. Wentz has not even played good enough to give C.D. Lamb an effort to play up to his caliber. Put C.D. Lamb on the Eagles right now, there is no way in heck that C.D. Lamb looks anything like he does in a Cowboys uniform with the way Wentz has played under center for five weeks. I will tell you that right now, hands down. No way. I, I can't agree with that at all. Oh, sorry. Wentz looks like he's seen his ghosts on the other side of the field. You still have to draft them. You go and get a veteran quarterback. You you don't draft a second-round kid at quarterback when you just paid this guy all this money to be your franchise. You go get him weapons. 
You go get C.D. Lamb. You go to Justin Jefferson. You go get an offensive lineman. You go get another running back. You don't Andrew, go and draft. Andrew, right there. What's Andrew say? I take the wide out from the national championship team before I take a kid from TCU. Yeah, thank you. Right? Seems yeah. pretty logical, Andrew, that uh, that, that should simple. be should have been what happened. And, and know, to uh, John's point, C.D. Lamb, I, I get what you're saying, John, and I don't disagree that they might not be shining right away, and that has to do with the offensive line, play call, whatever. But you still got to get the guy the right weapons. You have to get him. We don't have him. Well, we, we don't know. We don't know. What if, what if he's good? What if this kid is good? You never but, know. See, but here's the thing. C.D. Lamb good. comes in with Amari Cooper and Gallup already there. That's the difference. Yeah. It that is, the, is difference. the difference. Yeah, that's the difference. C.D. Lamb would have been walking in with uh, with with Travis Fulgham and um in the way in the weight of Philadelphia Listen. on his shoulders with with scared Wentz behind center. Listen, I'm going to sum this up. Good point. You know, you know what this is? Honestly, here's a difference. I'm going to take two guys, Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager. Justin Jefferson is Tyler Boyd. Jalen Rager is John Ross. That's what that is. Tyler Boyd can play. And he could be a number one. Okay, John Ross is the hype guy because he's fast. He can he can take defenses to the next level. Well, guess what? Guess what? I, I, I don't need that right now. What I need is a guy that can catch the ball. And I'll tell you what, Carson would love him some Justin Jefferson right now. Say what you want, but but Carson does not always like throwing a deep ball. Okay? You I know he hasn't played, but there was a reason why you traded for Deshaun Jackson. I get it. I know he hasn't played, but I'm just saying. We didn't know he wasn't going to play then, right? So you take the possession guy. You take the guy, the Alshon Jeffrey guy. That's who you take when you already have the speed guy. And sometimes you, you can't just have all speed. can't have all speed. doesn't work. That's why Sammy Watkins is so good in Kansas City because he is a big physical receiver to go with Hardman to go with Tyreek Hill cuz they're the speed guys. This team is completely misconstructed. But don't you think don't you think they were expecting to have um Jeffries back by now though? Cuz he's that guy. But well, remember, Mike, they were talking about he wasn't going to be part of this team. They were trying to trade the guy. They didn't want he, to he was trying to he was about to be a June 1st cut back yes. in the old yeah, but they can't they can't cut him because his contract is um it's terrible. Oh, it's so that's well, another how I, that's a, that was the worst him. that was it's just, terrible. It's not in their best interest. Yeah, they can't cut him because it would right. be too much dead weight, but I mean, yeah, that bigger possession guy is the guy that you need, but I don't even think that they're they're even sold on Deshaun Jackson because he can't even stay on the field for more than three snaps. So no. that speed thing is out the window. So oh. maybe they just said, you know what? Deshaun Jackson isn't our speed guy. We need a speed option. So maybe we take this kid, uh, the Rieger. You know, could the you Rieger. imagine like a year from now if he just blows up and we just we, we just fall in love with the Rieger? Yeah, we, we, should, just, we, call we, him, we should just call him the Rieger from now on. He, he, he's going to join Rasul Douglas. I love it. I love it. We're going to win a Super Bowl together. I love it. We have our big uh, possession receiver in DK Metcalf. Oh, Uh, no, we we did not do that. I'm done talking Eagles now. I can't because I'm going to throw up. Oh, my God, did he go there? How does that happen? How does that happen? Yeah, but how, do, how does everybody here know who should have been picked? And it's it, it, it never turns out that way. The Eagles are always the smartest people in the room, and they pick the craziest things. And it, it always happens around the first and second round, right? It seems like the Eagles from the third round and up, they do a pretty decent job. At least Andy Reid did, right? And Andy Reid had some really good picks in the first and second round also. But it seems like the, the, the bombs are really in the first. 
in the second they, round. I don't they know. They really are. They're, they're not good. They're not they're, they're just Metcalf go in the second round. Yes. And didn't New England Patriots take and kill Harry before DK Metcalf? I think they did. Mm, yes. Yeah. So all 32 NFL teams passed right. on DK Metcalf. Equally, every team had a shot at him. So I'm just saying, look, you guys are always, you guys are so into Philly and you are so right. hard on Philly. You're right. You're every right. Every right. single NFL team passed on him. So, like, you can't John's start doing blaming his job dudes on that. He's doing his job tonight. John, the, here's the, here's how I was raised. Mind your own plate. Our plate is in front of us. Wow. <laughs> wow. Look, uh, hey, uh, Dave, um, my plate is full and I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's no, what wait, my plate wait. looks like. Look, look, Andrews said a firefighter. Danny Watkins. That that was that was the worst. Um, real quick, and I just thought of this oh. player. Who's the player that um? Who was the oh. player that that was absolutely horrendous in our secondary? Then goes to New England and starts for like five or six years. What was the name of that dude? Patrick Eric, something. Yeah. Eric Rowe. Eric Rowe. <laughs> yeah, him. Oh. No, it was another guy. Uh, Patrick uh, Chung. Chung. Patrick. Patrick. Oh, yeah, Patrick Chung. Yeah, but yep. so two of these guys, Eric Rowe and Chung, were both in the Schwartz system and leaving the Excel, right? Well, yep. I'm just saying. I know that I know we're going back a couple of segments. No, right? but it's right. No, it's but, right. I, I think it's I think we should. I think it's a uh, it's a reasonable mention that these two guys you, excel. You too. know what you got? I completely agree. When you guys were talking about Jason Peters, and it, it was relevant, but James Harrison, being a Steeler fan, is exactly what came up. James Harrison wasn't good enough in coverage to start for the Steelers' defense, which is why he wasn't getting playing time, got disgruntled. Patriots pick him up. He wins a freaking Super Bowl with the Patriots yeah. because the Steelers didn't think he was good enough in pass coverage, and he wanted to be the guy. Well, Bill Belichick said, "Yeah, come come on board. All I need you to do is rush the passer." Dude, so, I remember, I remember New England grabbing that stiff Jabbar Gaffney. We had Jabbar Gaffney. He was like a number one wide receiver in New England. Dude, Couldn't he was not the only one. What's that? He was not the only one. There was I know, tons of them. About, I remember yeah. watching the highlights of Jabbar Gaffney going, "What the hell is going on?" He was an eagle before that, too. Oh, man. The one year. Final thought. In order for you guys to, or sorry, not you guys, in order for players to make the NFL, they have to be unbelievably good. I mean, think about the small amount, right? The small percentage actually gets in the NFL. So all these guys can play. And it's so easy to sit here and say, this guy's a stiff. He stinks. Philip just checked in earlier and said hindsight's always twenty twenty on draft picks, and he's right. We have absolutely no idea what we're talking about, Philip. Okay, we don't know. We're just talking, all right? Nobody really knows. And I'm sure if I was calling the shots to making draft picks, I probably would have screwed up five out of seven. That's for sure, right? But yeah. point is, maybe these guys are just really good, and it really falls back on the coaching and the scheme. We should, you know, probably think more about that. I guess that's cool. That, listen, that's that, that's a really good final thought, so we can move on. Because I'm gonna give myself a heart attack when we talk about the Eagles. But let's before we go on, let's do a little Eagles trivia. Uh, we we throw this out every week, little trivia question. And again, this is for 
everybody. Don't Google this. Try your best to try to answer this because the answer is rather unique. Okay, so right now we're going to go Eagles trivia. In 2014, two Eagles returned kickoffs over 100 yards for a touchdown. Josh Huff, the infamous Josh Huff, was one. Who was the other? I'm not giving any hints. We're not going to go by positions, but somebody else in 2014 scored a 100-yard touchdown for kickoff for the Philadelphia Eagles other than the infamous Josh Huff. I wonder what Josh Huff's doing right about now. I don't know. I don't think he's playing football. No. Uh, what's worse, JJ? Oh, club. look at that one. Phil's checking in. That's a good question. Let we move on to get some NBA stuff. What's worse, JJ instead of DK or Larry Hughes over Paul Pierce? I'm going with the latter of that one, Phil. Wow. That's a good one. Paul Pierce should have been a sixer. Listen, if Paul Pierce is a sixer, I Champion. think we win an NBA championship. Championship. Yeah. Yeah. With Larry Brown's coaching him. Uh, Who made that pick? Billy. It was Billy King. Yes, it was Billy King. Oh, he should have been on the stiff list. Yeah, that you know, guy. Billy King stealing money in the NBA, bro. Stealing money. Grand Larceny. He should be doing 15-year bid for just Yeah, well, guess what? That's why million. he's doing sports talk on WIP right now. Just saying. Is he really? Yeah, he's in the morning. He's doing, like, morning show talk. Billy King. Uh, our buddy Rick. What's up, Rick? Checking in. Reno Mahe. That is not right. Reno I, I, Hot Mahe. Rick, that's a really good right. guess, though. Great. Andre checking in with Ag- Agnew. <laughs> nice. Wow. No, I love these polls. No, that is not. Uh, Paul Pierce and Nowitzki. That's right. Yo, think about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with I'm with Phil. I'm with, I mean, I'm with Dave all day. That's upsetting. I'm going, definitely going with the latter right there. That that's upsetting. Definitely going with the latter. And let, you know what? Real fast before we move on to the NBA, uh, you know, uh, Andrew's checking in. Lito Shepard. No, not Lito Shepard. Good guess, though. Good, good guess, though. Lito had some nice runbacks back in the day. You guys watch the game Monday night, and, you know, I, I really, you know, Drew Brees, to me, has definitely lost it. And, you know, I, I said in fantasy, start Justin Herbert over Drew Brees uh, because I, I just, listen, guys, I don't see, I, I feel like I'm watching like slow-mo when I watch Philip Rivers play right now. And Drew Brees just does not have the arm strap. Are they both done right now? Are they both washed up? And are they first battle Hall of Famers? Dave, I'll go to you first. What do you think, buddy? I'm going to say they're definite first round, uh, first ballot Hall of Famers. Are they washed up? I, it's such an early part of the season. I mean, I, I'm, I, Philip Rivers is learning a new offense. Uh, you know, I'm giving some – Benefit of the doubt type of thing. I like Philip Rivers, and you know he's like a total workaholic. Same with Drew Brees. Um, I just think that it's too early to tell if they're washed up. Um, they definitely are on the later part of their career, as they're both like old as hell, right? <laughs> In football terms. Um, definitely first round Hall of Famers. I think their numbers are amazing. And I know it's the passing error. I know that, you know, a lot of Drew Brees. Stats are inflated because of that reason, but they're definitely Hall of Fame quarterbacks, in my opinion. I just, I know it's early and I know he's learning a new offense, but I'm looking specifically at the balls he's throwing. And they just, they have no velocity on them. They look like they're barely reaching guys. And uh, I'll talk about Philip Rivers. Now, Drew Brees, on the other hand, we have to remember. Drew Brees, they had to implement a brand new offense last year because of Drew Brees' regression of his arm strength. 
Sean Payton had to redo an entire playbook because Drew Brees couldn't handle it. How many deep balls have you thrown Drew Brees throw? More than 40 yards this year. Not many. Can't do it anymore. Can't do it. Now, I love Drew Brees. Now, here's the thing, Dave. First Battle Hall of Famers, absolutely. Philip Rivers, though, I don't know. I don't know if he's first ballot. No. Right, Mike, what do you think, man? No, not Rivers isn't first ballot, I think. Are they both done? Yeah, I mean, it looks like, you know, they're at, their end, they're at the end of their careers, and um, they've both had unbelievable careers. But obviously, Drew Brees is um, he's first round. He's first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, I mean, he, he has, you know, he's he's got a bowl. You right. know, I mean, is that is that is that the is that the, the the deciding factor? I guess it always seems to come down to that. But I think that they're both in that stage right now where they're you know they're ready to hang it up. But that and and Pro Bowls typically Hall of Famers go on how many Pro Bowl selections they have. Right. That their stats. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. John, what do you think, buddy? It's close. Breeze is in, Rivers is not in first ballot, no. Yep. And we see how it goes. I agree with Mike. Yep. It, the, the Super Bowl is what does it. it. We see, I mean, not not the Dan Marino, but I mean, that is John Elway before he won the Super Bowl. I yep. mean, there's there's a lot of guys. That Super Bowl means something. Two can could Eli Manning versus Philip Rivers. Who was a better quarterback? Uh, listen, that's a whole show. Philip Rivers. That's a well, whole show. I'm just I saying, you have, you have one with two Super Bowls that's going to get into the hall, and you have one with none that it will get in, I guess. Dude, you got two rings. Yeah, but who's the, who's the better quarterback? Uh, listen, Dave, Rivers. I am not going to disagree with you, but you have two Rings. It's the bowl, man. It's the ring. David Tyree's helmet. It's still, it's still another ring. Right? It's still another ring at the end of the day. We're both saying that they're both in. It's just a matter of question of when. I think they're both in. I just, it's a matter of when they get in. Right? I I just don't think Phil's going to be a first ballot. I think he will get in. I just don't think it'll be first ballot. And Rick, you're right. Jigsaw needed more alcohol. Absolutely. I've been drinking too much. And get to some of these guesses. James Thrash. That's a great name. James Thrash. It is not James Thrash. It's a great name. Andre second in Sproles. Uh, I don't know if he was on the team in 2014. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. Sproles is my guess. I would have said not Darren Sproles. Uh, Thomas made Drew Brees three-step drop look like a thing of beauty. Without him, he has no chemistry with the other receivers with those routes. That's one thing. He's starting to gain some a little bit with with, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, but he's definitely missing him some Michael Thomas. What's that, Dave? I agree with Andre. Your your favorite target is gone, and, you know, you have to find that chemistry with somebody else and, and quickly. You know, how many times does he target Michael Thomas during a game? 100%. 100%. You're, you're right. Um, Andrew says, Carell, Carell Buckholder. There's another oh, name. God. Well, not Carell Buckholder. Again, before we move on, I will display it again so everybody who's joining in now can actually see it again. Eagles trivia, 2014, two Eagles return kickoffs over 100 yards for a touchdown. Josh Huff was one. Who was the other? I, got, I, got a, I have a guess, but I cheated. I looked at the 2014 roster. Uh, before we started the show. Oh. Ah, uh, see? Oh, oh. Look at that. 
So he, you got, you got to, you, well, keep your picks to later. Let's see if somebody gets it first. Obviously, I, I know say, who it is, but I won't, say, I won't say my guess. It's a guess. I didn't look at the, I don't know the answer, but it's right. a guess. Yeah, keep that guess. Keep that guess. Now let let let's only because Andrew checked in about. He says get rid of JT Romuto. Um, yeah. it, it's, I, you know, I don't think they're going to have to do anything. He's going to leave yeah. anyway. Andrew, I, I I don't know about that. Uh, he wants two hundred million dollars. Okay, I agree. I have no problem with that. Give him what he wants, man. Give him what he wants. Let let him play. Right. Stupid let, money. For, for, in my opinion, he's gone. Gone. Okay. Uh, I I think you guys listen. If we're if we're haggling right now, and I guess you, you heard. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I think if you heard, you know, John Middleton speak about revenues and this and that, I, I think the guy's gone. And again. You know, we just talked about early in the segment, guys like C.D. Lamb that we have to watch, D.K. Metcalf that we have to watch. We're going to have to watch J.T. Romuto in a Mets uniform, guys. I'm telling you that right now. J.T. Romuto is going to be a Met. It's going to be a New York Met. We're going to have to watch him for like 20 games a year, and he's going to be catching Syndergaard and DeGrom. Oh, it's ridiculous. But it's a shame, man, and it's a tribute to this terrible, terrible ownership. In Philadelphia. Stupid money. Yep. Yep. Like, like, yeah, like, like Al said, what JT? Love? I don't care. Exactly. Al, what's up, buddy? Checking in. Exactly. Uh, we want to go. Oh, you missed the whole. Yo, man, you missed the whole Eagle segment, man. The whole Eagle segment. <laughs> That's all right. But listen, listen, you know what? I'll give you the trivia question before we move on because we got some anniversaries we're going to talk about. Again, this is what you missed the Eagles trivia question, okay? Uh, see if you get 2014 to Eagles return kick also over 100 yards for touchdown. Josh Huff was one, and who was the other? I'll tell you what. We're for next episode. We got to bring in and see where Josh Huff is because I want to. Is he selling cars? What's he doing right now? He's <laughs> bagging groceries at Genardi's. He's doing something. Uh, he's definitely not playing football. No, didn't he? Wasn't didn't he go to the U? Yeah, you guy. Yeah, yeah, he did. Now wait, no, he went to Oregon. Oregon. Oh, yeah. that's right. He was Chip Kelly's boy. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Hey, and then they got uh, Andre, Andy McFailure. Why, why, why? Uh, well, don't worry, man. We're, we're, we're uh, you, you can catch us on replay as well, man. Uh, Al, we're, we're, Al's like this segment because we're going to transition to, in the, um, in the basketball real fast, but a couple anniversaries, guys, something that I did not know. So today I want to ask you guys this. Uh, oh, what, look at this guy. Jose Leo Hansen. Wait, I guess that was that was last week's Wait, answer. I was gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, wow. Yeah, we'll stick it with last week's. Nice, answer. nice, nice. I like it. Willing to go ham. I love that name. Willing to go ham. I'm a, I'm a ham guy too. By the way, ham, egg, and cheese all day. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I love ham, egg, and cheese. But uh, the '93 Phillies anniversary winning the pennant. Uh, you know, obviously that team will go down in the history as one of the most dysfunctional. <laughs> This we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. Right? Great, yeah. I mean, just a great time to be a Phillies fan. Ending in agony again with Joe Carter. Okay? Oh. I mean, we could talk about that all day long. Okay? But this is why we need to keep JT Romuto here because we need to have these moments again. But I want to ask you guys something because we've seen a lot of pitchers in Philadelphia. And, you know, we a, a guy who, for me, is very underrated in Kurt Schilling, who was – unbelievable here uh, and people always say that Steve Carlton was the guy he was number one uh Andrew checking in you're right Andrew rest in peace Kim Batiste 
uh, as well. Yeah, it's unfortunate he passed away. Uh, loved watching him uh, win. I think he won game one. He made that blooping error at third. That's in, right. Uh, right? And then, he, and then he won. I was actually at that game, which was pretty cool, I remember. And, you know, Doc Holliday, you know, is he the best pitcher ever to wear a Phillies uniform? And, it, and this is an interesting question because, obviously, he wasn't here forever, right? But, guys, this he was so dominant, right? So dominant. I mean, he was everything plus more that we wanted. And here, I'm, I'm going to play this. This gives us a little break for our voice. It's only a minute long. But this is his no-hitter that he plays in the postseason with every out. It's amazing. Three years old, Brian. 6'6", 230 out of Arvada, California. He's had 11 years in the big leagues now. Uh, former first-round pick back in 95 by Toronto, but this is his first postseason game. Brandon Phillips leads off, and Roy Halladay about ready to cash in on something he's waited for his entire career. And away we go. Bouncing ball to Jimmy Rollins. In Philadelphia. As Halladay strikes him out. 0-2 on Cabrera. Man, oh man. He looks... Every bed ready here tonight as he backdoors Scott Rowland. Got Way the 0-2. A bouncer. Ruiz. In time. Roy Halliday has thrown a no-hitter. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it still gives you goosebumps, man, when you think about it. It still gives you goosebumps, right? Uh, I mean, you know, Andre says, great question. You know, Andrew's saying Carlton over Doc, and a lot of people are going to say Carlton over Doc, right? Um, again, Harper's going to be on the hot seat. If they don't. You're right. He's going to be on fire, right? Not on the hot seat, but he's going to be fired up. He's going to want to trade. Uh, Andre said, we said Scott rolling down. I was hyped. But, guys, uh, John, I have to go to you first, man. Doc Holliday. Or Steve Carlton, because I guess we could just say that because they're the two names everybody's going to go by. Is it Carlton or is it Doc? Greatest Phillies pitcher ever. For me, look, Carlton is Phillies. Doc, I don't know. I still I got Blue Jays ties with him, like and and what he did there. Um, so I mean, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, he was so dominant. And truthfully, like when you brought up Doc Holliday, it's the the three. I mean, it was to me, it was the Schilling, the Holiday, and the Cliff Lee, all in the same type of realm that you know weren't here their entire careers, but I mean, they were so instrumental on, on what the Phillies did. It's a travesty that Doc didn't get a ring here, man. It's a travesty. It really yeah. is. The that game, that, that game, well. no hitter in the playoffs, man. I mean, that's, well, that's well, that's why I say it because I understand he wasn't here, but what he did, how dominant he yeah. was, perfect game, no hitter, no hitter in the friggin' playoffs. You kidding right. me? Yeah. Wow, wow, Mike, is he the best ever? I guess it's easy to say that he is, but when you look at what Steve Carlton did, didn't he win like? How many Cy Young awards did he win? He won a bunch, man. That's a good know, question. Three, four, five, I don't know, something. I mean, it's going back to an era where 
I don't know how much you know about baseball back, you know, back in the seventies or eighties. I mean, I know some, you know, most of what I can remember as a kid, but I would definitely do some research on that because I think Carlton was just, he was in the elite of pitchers for like a decade or more, you know, and not that Halliday wasn't, but I just, he put up some monster, monster numbers that it's easy to forget about, you know? So I think it's, you know, the, the sexy pick would be to say it was Doc Holiday because we watched what he did, you know, because it's still fresh in our mind and how amazing he was. And for the fact that, you know, obviously how he how he had passed in the way that he did, I think we'll always have a special heart for him. No question. But yeah, I, I completely agree. We got to dig back into the records because Carlin was just he was dominant, man. He, he, he was the guy who was before our time, right? He, yeah, that we really didn't see no footage of. Right, and, exactly. Right, yes. and it was a different style of game back then, right? It was a different style of matchup. Yeah, did they you even know? have TVs back then? You know, now we have everything else, but uh, I don't even, you know, people don't even remember anything. You know, exactly. it's just, it's from, it's from, a, it's a relic of a past time. But if we dig into the stats, I think we'll all be surprised. He was, he was, he was a beast. How about, how about those four years? They were in great times. Oh, great man, times, Al. Was sold out. Uh, Al, so true, man. It, I mean, that was a time where, People actually talked about, and we did. The, we said this last week, but they thought could the Phillies overtake the Eagles, which we knew that wasn't possible. But they were really damn close, man. They were really damn close. Right. Uh, that, that, but those four years were electric. Oh. They were electric. Oh, they were great. We we go down to Clearwater every year for almost five years straight, and it was amazing. You know, I saw Doc pitch at Clearwater. I mean, I just saw so much, and you know, the vibe and the the electricity in the Phillies, you know, at the stadium and at Citizens Bank. It was amazing. Had it season really tickets was. for years, partial game plans, and, like, just couldn't wait to go down. You know, we had the 17-game plan, and we would go, and we, I remember we would be so hyped, especially the year, was it 2009, where uh, when we when we got Cliff Lee? Remember how hype everybody was when we yeah. got Cliff Lee? And uh, it was just it was just on another that. level. It was on another level. And, and then you bring in Pedro? You bring out Pedro out, you know, off the scrap heap. Pedro comes in and pitches fantastic. Still pitches had fantastic. Still throwing gas. Is that the same year that they grabbed Hunter Pence? Uh, no, I think it was the following. Dave, was it the following year? Yeah, that was the uh, 2009. They played the Yankees in the World Series and, and lost. Yeah. Hunter Pence Matt came Suey. after that. Matt Suey crushed it. Yeah, thanks, Matt yeah, Suey. I was at game four when Brad oh. Ledge blew it. Yeah, Brad. The game he was, was the per he, he was not the same guy. He was definitely not the same guy because he was off the he was off the cream in the clear. Yeah. You know, his neck was the size of a tree trunk. He's probably that rubbing ball, it right into his neck. He was just gassing. Minute Maid Park is still traveling right now. <laughs> they need to bring back the juice. We should start some kind of a petition because that's I'm, when I'm baseball was great. hundred percent. I'm in it. Um, I mean, it, uh, Andrew says that eighty series was epic. I obviously I was only two. Andre saying Glavin Maddox Smoltz best baseball version of Big Three of well, all time. I, I don't think we get any arguments there. You can't argue with you can't argue with that, right? I, I right dynasty. Do, yeah, right. Bobby Steve, Cox, Steve Carlton, Steve Carlton, Tony was. I mean, go back to Doc. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man. I mean. Carlton was, I, I'm pretty sure, was a four-time Cy Young Award winner. Um, and he was everything for the Phillies, which was interesting. He wasn't homegrown either, though. He was from a trade from the St. Louis Cardinals. So similar to Doc, he, we got him from another program. But um, Carlton was, was 
electric as well. I was only a baby watching it, uh, six years old. I don't remember much either, but I mean, a lot of highlights and stuff. And, and Carlton was the man. Hard to pick, though, because Doc was fun to watch. Although, I'm one of the odd ones that said I would rather watch Cliff Lee pitch than Doc Holliday. Uh, wow. That was, I, was, I, I mean, if I had a choice, I'd love watching Cliff Lee pitch. I just loved watching. He was a lefty, crafty, moved quick. The games were quick. Um, I, I don't know. That was just my opinion. No, nope. I like that. Uh, nope. By the way, four Cy Youngs. Four Cy Young Awards. 1972. 1977, 1980, and 1982. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, Dave, that, that's a really good – I like that. And, and you know, we got about 10 minutes left. And before we segue, I'm going to ask you guys something. John, hold that point. I'll let you do that for your answer. Uh, but after John does his point, what you guys think about this? Dave said, if you if you could watch – and this is ad-libs, not on the sheet. If you could watch one pitcher pitch a nine-inning game, who would it be? And it, it, it could go back from the 1900s to right now. Pick a guy, whoever it was. Who would that guy, who would you sit front row and watch and, you know, and basically dissect the entire pitch count of this pitcher? Think about that. John, go. What are we going to say? <laughs> He's Is he on mute again? <laughs> You're on mute. on mute again, bro. <laughs> Shut yeah. up, dude. <laughs> How's that? It's got to be a Pittsburgh thing. Go yes. ahead, bro. Now, look, uh, look, if I could go back and watch anyone, I'm I'm still, I mean, he was in my top when we had our all-time yes. fantasy draft of every league. Nolan Ryan, I'm sorry you pitched that many no-hitters. I want to go and I want to watch all these. I want to watch how he pitched. I want to, like, and how it uh, – you can't digest how it translates to this game when you're in a different era, but he was so dominant. Nolan Ryan, Oof. I mean, he's the one. He's can I can one. I watch him pitch and then and then uh, sucker punch Robin Ventura too? <laughs> can I see both of that happen? No, uh, you, you know what? I I want some of that ESPN like. Uh, Guru math, like showing a Nolan Ryan pitch on a uh, oh, uh yeah. a Bryce Harper, you know what I mean, and see cool, what man. what would happen, you know, kind of like the Rocky Balboa uh, that you know whatever movie they had. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Al wants to know. Hold up. Al says, "Who's that guy in the Steelers jersey?" Uh, that's Pittsburgh John. Al. He he he. You know, he's got this Pittsburgh clock. Andre, I'll tell you all about him. It's not uh, a Mike. clock, dude. <laughs> <laughs> For the 90th like time, it's not a clock. That's it not a clock. It looks like it looks like no, a clock. If it was a clock, I wouldn't even hang it up, dude. Because that's it's not a Doc Johnson weird. clock, is it? John, what time does that clock say? <laughs> Mike, who I you actually, watching? I actually looked at the clock, Dave. I hate you. See? <laughs> it's not even a clock, and I look like like the clock had something to say. Who 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 do I watch pitch? Um uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. Look, there's we can say we could say Sandy Koufax, right? We could say something crazy like that, which obviously would have been amazing. But I'm gonna go back to the juicer. I would have loved to seen Eric Gagne just oh. gas and mow people down when he was juiced out of his mind. Eric, I just like my it was like my favorite it. era of baseball. You know, and all those guys were just trying to outdo each other. I loved. I would have loved to see that. Eric the, the, Gagne, the juice, the the juice made guys like Eric Bedard. 
actually relevant. <laughs> oh, totally relevant. Yeah. Thank so, yeah. So, you know, let, let's not talk about, you know, a Fernando Valenzuela or somebody uh, really, really cool Fernando or, you know, something, Valenzuela. something crazy. Yeah. Let's go something crazy. Sandy Kovacs would have been amazing, but just, I would just love to see I like, Eric Gagne throwing I like gas that. at Barry Bonds. I would I like, like that. Bonds juiced out of his mind. I would have loved to see that. That's a great can, call. I can, like that. Can I just throw a real quick comment? Like dude, sure. we talk, we talk about Doc Gooden and the juice that he used to throw all coked up. Oh yeah! Right? <laughs> oh no, yeah! When that all came out, reality. him and Daryl no, Strawberry, all of them. But we have college and high school pitchers now throwing a buck two. Like you know, what I mean, they're these guys are coming out of the draft throwing yeah. over a hundred. Like, can it's you insane. just fathom that? Like, it's crazy. Go ahead, Dave. No, you're you're absolutely right. That's a good point. I'm you, I'm with you. I like what Andre said. That was my guy in the fantasy, Randy Johnson. I picked that. Craig Maddox is hard to go against. Uh, and Mike, you're right. Like, go back to the Irish Sandy Koufax, Josh Gibson, the pitcher. Like, you know, you can pick. I don't know, man. It's hard to pick one guy. There's so many of them. There is. There, there, there's a lot of guys, man. I mean, I, you, you could go back, and I mean, there's, there's. I mean, you talked about Doc Gooden. I mean, Jesus, there's a, there's another guy, right? Another guy that's probably not talked about enough. That was yeah. so electric, but I'm, I'm going to give you guys two names, man, and I'm going to be a little. I'm going to be completely different here. And I was a huge Pedro guy, Pedro Martinez to me, in a Boston Red Sox uniform was absolutely electric, 100. There, I would watch. I, I'll tell you right now, I would watch every inning of that guy play. I loved his moxie. I loved everything about him. And I'll give you another guy, a sleeper guy. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer. He's not going to be in the record books. But for a two- to three-year deal, he was unbelievably Donovan, was Johan Santana. When Johan Santana for the Twins was on his game, I'll tell you what, man. Before he went and broke down with the Mets, mm-hmm. that you watched every pitch with that dude, man. He was unbelievable for the Twins. Unbelievable. That's a good pull there. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. I, I was a big Johan Santana guy. I I, I was, I, I mean, I, listen, that was back in the day when I was collecting baseball cards, man. It's like, yo, give me that Johan Santana rookie card, right? Um, yo, yo, my grandfather and Sandy Koufax were friends. How about that, Andre? Really? I'm like, you need to get some baseball cards, bro. Uh, that good and curveball was nastiest. That nasty, knock. nasty. Had a little extra coke on it. Yeah. Andre says he's got a crazy Kofax story with Cecil B. Moore from Temple. I love he says he used to you only watched the, him because he never turned down a pitch to hit batter was ready to fight. Big time competitor. I I know nothing about Sandy Kofax, right? Like like I know who he is, I should say, but I never like has anybody ever YouTubed Sandy Kofax? Like I, I've never done that. I read about him once, um, just out of curiosity. But no, it's probably a guy that we should learn a little bit more about. I'm sure we'll be surprised, especially best <laughs> last thing that Andre just sent in. Yeah, he said he was a competitor. The guy sounds like he was, uh, yeah, a little bit more than a competitor. So I'm definitely going to do that. There's one for Dave. Smoking Dave Stewart, ace of the Phil's loss, right? Uh, smoke. We talked yeah. about him a few shows ago. But yeah, before we move on to the NBA, real fast. The anniversary today, right now, probably, guys, as we're doing this show at 10.06 Eastern time, Matt Stairs was yes. walking up against Jonathan Bronxton, right? Jonathan Bronxton, the L.A. Dodgers. Let's relive this moment real fast. Q- 
Puts one into the night, deep into right, way out of here. And Philadelphia gets a pinch hit, two-run shot. And the Phillies lead 7-5 to five in the eighth. to this team by Pat Gillick from the Toronto Blue Jays and he hits the first home run off Broxton since July of 2006. Fastball right down the pipe and did he ever get all of it. Dude, what was Broxton doing? Give him a fastball right down Broadway. Why do that? I mean, you if you do your homework on Matt Stairs, that's all he's ever done. Yeah, he was right? like that's uh, all he's ever done. Home run or strikeout. That was his game. Right. And you give it straight Adam up to Duvall. him. Yeah. Adam Duvall. Yeah, who got left off Matt, the postseason yeah. roster, by the way. Yep. Wonder why, right? Uh two that was two outs, by the way. No pressure. Man, look at look at Andre to, or uh, uh, Andrew Pulp fix it twenty six year anniversary today also. Oh my God! Wow. Is that right? Wow! Fiction. That is that's a long time ago. I remember when that was. In, I was in the theaters. I couldn't wait to see that. Back to Matt Stairs, really quick though. Yeah. You know when they interviewed him, they asked him something about like you know how he felt about hitting the home run or whatever. And I remember this quote. I don't know what it was specifically, but I remember him saying, "You know, I just swing for the fences." Yeah. And that always that always. <laughs> That always stuck with me, you know. They just 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 regular guy, and is I, I always swing for the fences, and uh, just swings for the fences, man. That's you know, I, I, he should oh, never have to pay for a drink in Philadelphia ever. I mean, when that guy came up to plate every time after that, I was me and my buddy Ted would stand up and clap and give the guy a standing ovation. We're the only ones standing. Yeah. I mean, that hit was the bigger than anything in Philadelphia sports, right? It was the biggest. It must be the biggest hit in Philadelphia sports. It's got to be up there with the top three at least. Has to be. Has to be. What's bigger? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I really don't know what hit is bigger. Seriously, when, when you think about it, I mean, that that's that won the series. Yeah. Right. You think about it. That one. Victorino had Victorino had a huge hit. Right. Right, Dave. What was Victorino's hit? I forget about that one. Victorino hit a grand slam against uh, Milwaukee. There it is. That was the Brett Myers game, Dave. That was remember the Brett Myers yeah. game. Yeah. That was a great game. I'll tell you what, man. Look, I. Phew, 2008 and 1993 uh you know obviously i was only two for 1980 but at least the phillies gave us a you know they they've given us a lot of memories i could tell you that yeah. but let, let, let's get into the nba real fast got about eight minutes left here and again throw the quiet i don't know if anybody anybody's got the question yet some new people coming in uh so i'll throw it up there again this is the this is the eagles trivia question and i i think you guys are going to love this answer but a 2014 two eagles return kickoffs over 100 yards for touchdown josh hoff was one who was the other now while you're thinking about that question throw them in the comments so obviously we have a new nba champion it's the los angeles lakers okay and it's going to be two-part conversation here Number one, we're going to talk real, real quick about Michael LeBron. And I, I, I don't want to get into a big, only because I heard a great argument today. And again, this is this is three minutes, okay? But I, I want you got you have to listen to it. It's a very insightful three minutes. Chris Broussard, Fox Sports, not a huge fan. 
I'm not saying like, but every now and then certain guys, they, they say things that resonate. And I've been trying to fight the Jordan versus LeBron argument for years. Okay. And I think this guy sums it up completely. So this is going to go at three minutes. We'll comment on it. Then we'll get to a quick Sixers question and then we'll get to the trivia. So check this out. It's three minutes long, but I'm telling you, you're going to want to listen to it because it, it this is, I love this debate. Look, this here's what the what it did is it kept the debate going. If LeBron had lost the finals or not gotten there, not gotten finals MVP, in many people's eyes it would be over. Remember when the last dance was playing months ago. After that it ran, the network that ran it did a poll. 73% of people said Jordan's the GOAT. 66% of 18 to 34 year olds, a little younger than Nick, said it. So LeBron, this Jordan had it. Now this latest narrative keeps LeBron alive and I think brings some of those people back into the LeBron camp or at least open-minded. I still have Jordan number one, LeBron number two. Here's the number one reason. Well, not the number one, but one of the reasons. Jordan dominated the NBA in a way that LeBron hasn't. There have been two three-peats. Jordan had two three-peats in seven years. Two three-peats in seven years. Everyone else who has stepped on the planet and played basketball, has won three-peat in 54 years. And that was Shaq and Kobe, two of the top 10 players of all time. Once Jordan started winning, no one else could win. He kept a host of Hall of Famers from winning championships. Ewing, Barkley, Drexler, Elijah Wan, Shaq, Robinson. We could go on and on. LeBron hasn't done that. LeBron locked down the East. For eight years. And everyone else in the East was shook. We can't win it. Jordan did that to the entire NBA. All right. LeBron has not kept other superstars from winning, from eating. Durant's eight. Steph's eight. Uh, uh, Dirk Nowitzki eight. Kawhi's eight. Uh, uh, And old Tim Duncan eight. They all won championships under LeBron's watch. There is no LeBron watch or era when it comes to winning. There's a LeBron watch for greatness, but not winning because all those other guys have won championships as well. Secondly, Jordan does not have a weakness, Nick. I can point a weakness out in Magic, Bird, Shaq, Kareem, and yes, LeBron. You want to poo-poo it? Free throw shooting, a weakness. Uh, Lack of a mid-range pull-up game, a weakness that we saw at the end of Game 5, that we saw against Golden State. When he couldn't pull up over Draymond and shoot the short jumper, he kicked it out to Kyle Kyle Korver. That's a weakness. It's a small one, but it's there and hinders him a little bit. And then over dribbling, over dominating the basketball limits what other stars can do. That's why the third star, Chris Bosh, Kevin Love, becomes a role player. And that limits your team's ability to win more titles. Jordan had no weakness. Don't point to three-point shooting because it wasn't a weakness back then. And by the way, he has the same percentage as Kobe Bryant, which never was a weakness. So Michael Jordan had no weaknesses. I got more, but I'll let you respond. Listen, here's my my take on this. Or I just say a pain because I hate that word take. Everybody thinks you have to have a take. This has nothing to do with take, but when he said, that Jordan kept, and we've talked about this, all the Hall of Famers from winning NBA titles. LeBron hasn't kept anybody from winning anything. When you think about it, 
people have still won, right? People have still won. I mean, Al second, LeBron is go in mind because of his overall game. I listen. I, I it is to me what he said. You know, when you talk about six championships, two three peats, right in ten years when when the rest of the league only won in fifty four years, right? So I mean, I listen. I when you talk about Shaq and Kobe, but I listen again. I'm a Jordan guy. I I, I do think sometimes. Like, Mike, you were right. When you look at some of the stats and you look at, if you just want to go statistical data and look at the way, I mean, whether we talk playoff wins, whether we, I, I mean, it's there. I get it. I, I, I understand there is an argument to be had. And this is not LeBron hate. I do not hate LeBron. Okay. I, I've said this before. I think LeBron has done more off the court than anybody can even imagine. People haven't even read into what LeBron does by sending kids to school. Okay, by set, listen, they, I, I'm not even going to get started on that because I, I respect the hell out of them for doing that. But what I, I will say is I will forever be a Jordan guy. I will forever be a Jordan guy. The argument will forever be there. But that one narrative to me, I think, sums it up by saying that Michael held Hall of Famers back. LeBron hasn't held anybody back. John, I know you're shaking. I, I, I know you're shaking your head. Go ahead. Give me your give me your. Give me your little quick condiments here, man. No, I'm with you that Jordan will be the epitome to me. And, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. I always took LeBron over Kobe. And, look, you, you can say that two, three-peats, but that also is, I mean, that's kind of patriotish. And you look at what LeBron has done with multiple teams and what he's done, and granted, yes, I understand the NBA is a whole different ball game with taking your boys with you and contracts. So it's not like it's. So I'm I'm still with Jordan is still the epitome, but I mean LeBron's there, and I, you know what? Go to another team. Don't take nobody with you and win a championship, and then I may be able to battle. He kind of did that in Cleveland. Just saying, he did kind of. Uh, I will. I will give LeBron that. No, yeah, yes, but I'm saying I want to see it again. Oh, yeah, I want Kyrie to see it Irv again. He had Kyrie Irving and um, you know a couple other role players. The the big white kid that was Kevin Love hit a couple big baskets. Exactly. But here, here's my thing: There's the points. Al talks about the points and the rebounds and the assists and all that stuff for LeBron. It basically, it's just. Basically, I mean, it's opinion. It's opinion. And and LeBron is a great player and has done marvelous things on and off the court, like you said, Tony. Um, I like to go like this, and I, I talk to everybody about, you know, one game. You have one game. You have one choice. And this is where it comes down to opinion. Who are you going to take on that one game? Do you want Michael Jordan on your team, or do you want LeBron James? How you answer the question is who your your guy is. You know, that's it's really that simple. And it comes down to opinion. Uh, you know, are, is one a wrong answer? No. Um, but to me, it's Jordan. I'm always going to be a Jordan guy. The, the era of basketball he played in, LeBron plays in the weakest era of basketball that ever existed. And I mean physically weak. They, they, they are more talented basketball players 
but their toughness is not the same as what Michael had to go through. So, you know, whatever you want to say, it's, it comes down to opinion. Michael's are my guy. Mike, what do you think, buddy? Uh, well, it's not, not the, obviously the easiest question to answer, but right. everybody has their opinion and, you know, there's both sides of the debate. And, uh, I think it was Andre had said earlier that really who's controlling the narrative is always going to steer the argument towards whatever, you know, the argument will be for everyone by the person that leads the narrative. True. But if we're going to say that one guy was great, uh, the greatest of all time, that what you're doing is that I think you're. In your you're unfairly comparing data sets that can't be compared to each other, right? So if you want to say, well, who's the greatest offensive player of all time? And you want to go back to Wilt Chamberlain. And the first thing everybody says was, oh, Wilt was light years ahead of, ahead of everybody else, right? Um, you know, all he had to do was uh, run up and down the court and dunk the ball. Nobody could keep up with him. I mean, we could say the same thing for anybody that's playing in a different era. I mean, you're just saying that, okay, well, these players are soft. You know, they weren't as hard. They didn't have the Bill Lambeers of the world, you know, just mm. just crushing you when you came down the, uh, you know, when you tried to drive the paint. You just get hammered and get beat up all the time. Um, Rick I mean, yeah, so Mahorn style, elbowed all day, right? Oh. So you could say all of that. Um, so I, I think it's, it's unfair to take a player from a different generation, from a different portion, and try to compare him to one of a current generation. I don't. I just think it's an it's it's an unfair comparison because you're not getting you're not getting an apples to apples comparison if that makes any sense. So I think that maybe that's overlooked when we have this goat debate. But what I see, what I see is every time LeBron goes to a different team, they win the championship. I don't know anybody that's ever done that. So yeah, I mean, I hear Broussard's argument. It's great the way that he framed it. I've never heard of anything like that. He is right. It makes a lot of sense when you talk about all the players that were in that era and they just couldn't get past uh, Jordan. Carl Malone couldn't get past Jordan. Oh. How great! How great was Carl Malone? Yeah. Right? How great was Carl Malone and John Stockton? He couldn't get past. He was crying they all the time because he couldn't get past Jordan. Couldn't get past him. Jordan was like a roadblock, right? Oh. So the fact that LeBron didn't really roadblock anybody—I mean, that has to be sort of a matter of timing too, because there has to be other players that are playing really good for their teams have to be coming up at the same time. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that that should be an indicator of uh, goat or goatness, right? I think they're both great. Uh, and I think it's hard. I think you can make an argument to pick either one. But what I haven't seen um, from LeBron is obviously the two three peats that Jordan had seen. And what we haven't seen from Jordan is because he always stayed on the same team. He didn't jump around and and win championships wherever he goes. So you can say whatever you want about how great of a person LeBron is off the field versus Jordan. Um, and he's pro. It's, I don't even think that's an argument. Um, you know, again, I don't know either one of these people, but you just read about what, you know, some of the stuff that LeBron does, and it's, it's obviously very commendable. But when you're talking about on, this, on, on the court and you're trying to compare apples to apples, I think it's tough. But I think the deciding factor is the guy goes, and even there's garbage on the team he wins. So I, I just try to drill it down to that really basic comparison. I, I would go team LeBron. That's good. That's a good point, man. It's going to be a for it's going to be a forever debate, man, which is great. One thing I will say, I'll close it out by this by saying again, I said this the other day, I said again, I just was blessed to be able to watch both of them in their prime. Uh, Molly said maybe the comment of the night here. Flat Earth. <laughs> at this point, we have to question what Kyrie really is. We know his brain hasn't worked to full capacity these past few years. Flat Earth. So at LeBron, he could just have had flat Earth strength. I love it. It's possible. Uh, absolutely love it's a good it. Good point, Molly. Uh, Al, I would say. It's who else is on the team because LeBron could score, pass, and lead any team. Jordan will shoot 40 shots to win. Interesting. 
Uh, I don't think it would ever be an argument of Jordan played the two years the Rockets won. I mean, we're always going to talk about that, right? That's true. Uh, Andrew giving us our our play-by-play Major League Baseball. Braves beat the Dodgers 8-7, take a 2-0 lead, another playoff collapse by the Dodgers. Uh, That's that's going to sum it up for me. If we're going to watch the Braves get to the World Series this year, I mean, come on. Enough. Enough. So let let, let me answer. Before we get to the answer to the question, I I, I, I had to play because I think this is fun. And Andre... Al, I know you guys are going to be all up for this. Molly, if you're listening, I know you're basketball as well. Basketball queen as always. So looking at the NBA right now, this is a fun question, okay? I, I we, we like to do little tidbits here. Last week, the stiff list was fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I'm still getting, still getting people for that. It, it was great. Uh, but here's what I want to do. I want everybody to look at the NBA right now. Okay, it doesn't matter who's available. Everybody's available right now, everybody. And you have Ben and Joe. Ben and Joe are on your team. I want you to pick one guy, one guy to form a threesome, just like the LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Boss threesome. I want who's the third guy that you pick right now? Put him on his squad, and boom, that's when an NBA title. Dave, you're up. Who you picking, buddy? This is the easiest, easiest. I know thing. where he's going. Who, you, you know who I'm going with? I know where you're going. Damian Lillard, hands down. Champion. Oh, Dame. Okay. Okay. Damian Lillard, you win. You win. If he stays here with Ben and Joe, you win three like Jordan. I wow. love that. I Great love it. I didn't think you were going there. I didn't think you were point going guard, there. Point guard can shoot, plays great D, is, is unselfish. That's a championship right there. You can't pick anybody else that can beat him. That, Damian Lillard, that's the guy for you, Tom. Solid pick. I love it. Mike. What do you got, man? I guess I got to go Giannis. Oh, would you imagine that team? Talk about a couple trees. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Giannis, Joe, and Ben. Just just triple towering. No one's getting through. <laughs> yeah. wow. I love it. Yeah, I, I would go. It. I would go Giannis. John, I love that guy. I'm partial to that dude. I, that's all right. I, I like Giannis, piece. too. I love Giannis, but he scares me. You want to put him with Joel and 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 Ben? I, I'm always I'm off. always leaning towards chaotic scenarios, John. Yeah. In case we have well, yeah, yeah, that yeah, I feel That's like a huge squad. What, what? Yeah, what was the um uh, whatever the uh, the movie with the um, chick from the Joker? What was it? Uh, and Will Smith, all the uh, oh yeah, the, yeah. What was it? The Suicide Squad, right? Suicide yeah. Squad. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Let's just put the Suicide Squad out there with I, a bunch of weirdos. Why not? I mean, dude, look, I'm, I think it's pretty I'm, clear. I'm going simple. I'm going simple and realistic. Seth Curry, dude. Give me Seth Curry. You want Seth or Steph? Seth. 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 What? The younger brother. What? I want Seth. Because it's realistic. I need a guy that's going to shoot. That's what I'm telling you I want. You wow. know what? Good luck with the contracts. Hey, say I'm crazy. I'm going with Seth. Seth. Not Seth Curry. Well, Al second and says Bradley Beal. I love the Bradley Beal pick. Uh, I think it's another guy, just like Dave with Dame. I think it's a great pick. How about Andrew going opposite here, saying I'm going Patrick Beverly. I'm going to lock down defender. Interesting. Um Andre checking in. 
Got to go KD. Three-point threat runs the floor. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, man. That, that's, you know, KD's a good pick, right? Good pick. Molly checks in. Stealing my pick, Molly. You're stealing my pick. I was 100% going Luka Doncic. Ooh, Luka. Right? I was going Luka. Right? I'm thinking, yo, you throw Luka in the mix, you could do it all. Man, you know, me and Molly are thinking on the same page. That's why she's an NBA queen. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? I'm going Luka. But since Molly did take Luka, I'll give you my 1B, and it's Devin Booker. Wow. And I just, if wow. I, right? You throw Devin I like Booker. That. Do you imagine Booker, Embiid, and Simmons? Man. Let me tell you, man, that would be unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Molly, you're absolutely right, Molly. Thank you. I appreciate that. And Andre, uh, dropping it with an A-bomb. As always, we may have Lou Williams back real soon. Swaggy P may be a part of the Sixers. Uh, Andre's got some really good sources, man. He always hooks us up. So uh, I would definitely like, like to that. have Lou Williams back. Yeah, I like that. You know, why not? Grab him in, man. Absolutely. Uh, but, guys, Hour 40, man. I, I, I want to go hour and a half. That's okay. It was fun. It wasn't stagnant. As always, everybody, thanks for checking in. You got uh, to do your answer for the uh, Yeah, we got to do the answer. Hold on. I'm glad you said that, Dave. I was just getting ready. Got to do the answer. So before Why I do I feel like answer, it's going to be a stiff? I, I just I smell it. Hold on. I have to say this. I, everybody, please stay tuned, okay? We got, some, we got a really... A really decent contest going to happen Thursday night football, October 22nd, Eagles, Giants. Uh, I will give you the information. We'll be giving away a, a $100 authentic jersey of your choice uh, brought to you by Statement Games. Uh, go check them out. It's a really, really great platform. We're going to be doing more, bigger, and better things with Statement Games So with the heat ratio. So uh, go check them out. Again, it's, you know, it's a fancy sports platform that costs you zero money to play. A uh, really, really fantastic concept. Uh, re really like Mark Salino, CEO out there. Great, great, great guy. Uh, you know, he, he's he got a really cool concept. So uh, more information on that coming. But to get back to uh, Andre says we know it isn't Todd Stinkston. Eagles trivia. <laughs> Two Eagles. Are we right? Dave? Uh, wait, Dave didn't guess one yet. Mike, Mike, you already guessed, right? I didn't, and I, I, I thought it was Sproles, but somebody guessed that, so that, that just basically took me out of the equation. John, did you have a guess? Dude, I have, I have nothing. Dave, you have a list of players. You, you, you give me one. Brandon Boykin. Wow, that's a good one. Wow. I forgot about Brandon Boykin. So did everybody in the world. Yes. There's <laughs> another guy. Where are they now? Brandon Boykin. That's got to be an episode. All right. Are we ready? Drum roll. Are we ready for this? We are ultimate stiff running back, Chris Polk. Chris wow. Polk, check Chris that Polk. one out. Where did you dig this up? Yo, I'll tell you, bro. I, 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 yeah, I can't. Exactly. I can't. Al, 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 sorry, buddy. Comments coming late. Is it a cornerback? Uh, it is running back. Chris Polk is the other guy. So, again, right. I, I, two guys return kickoffs in 2014 of 100 yards or more. Josh Hoff, which I could see. Josh Hoff was a – but Chris Polk, <laughs> wow. Unbelievable, right? I never would have guessed that. I don't uh, think anybody would have. I mean, listen, no. we're all about making you think here, man. 
all about making you think. So, oh, yeah, I for, I'll say, oh, yeah, I forgot about it. And I'm trying to think he was an undrafted guy, right? We, 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 he, 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 he was really good in college, I think, and he just didn't get drafted, I think. And we, I think he was undrafted. We brought him in. He made a couple starts for the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken. Crazy, man. Wow. Chris Polk. Wow. Unbelievable. Oh, man, it's a fun show, man, fun show. Listen, guys, Absolutely. everybody for checking in, as always. Uh, I needed a good laugh to end the night. Molly, hopefully we gave that to you. I appreciate you following, as always. Jeez, Polk is working at Wawa now. On that note, at Heat Ratio Sports on all social platforms. Give us a follow, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, follow at, on Apple, Google, wherever the hell you get your podcasts at. Just click the five-star, man. It's that simple. Give us a review. Uh, we are doing tremendous things here. More partnerships coming announced. Remember, the 22nd, I'll get you the information. It'll be really cool. We'll, we'll, we'll bring up more next week. As always, Molly, thank you again. Uh, at Ticatilla23, Mikey Googs. Coach Dave Dixon at Coach Dixon365 at PGA John 36 at Heat Ratio Sports. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll catch you next week.